Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. This joy that I have, world dedicated to me. Oh, this joy that I have, world dedicated to me. This joy that I have, world didn't give it to me. No, the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. Mm-hmm. I come from the spiritual tradition of the Black Baptist Church. I remember as a little kid how my mom would get ready with her fancy hats and how my dad did me and my sister's hair with matching barrettes and beads. <laughs> my parents, who spent a good hour getting themselves and my sister, me and my sister ready, also did 60-hour work weeks just to make ends meet. But my mom would wake us all up super early so we can get good seats at church when we were there for the next five hours. It would be so long that they'd offer breakfast before service, we'd break for lunch, and depending on whether there was a visiting pastor or a preacher, they'd give us dinner. It really was an all-day commitment. But these super long church services were what was a break from an otherwise grueling work week for my parents. My parents felt very strongly that no matter how many hours you work, no matter how tired you are, your week wouldn't be right unless you got yourself some church. They also believed church wasn't church without music. And a huge part of that church was singing slave spirituals as a part of our worship, as that's what our elders grew up with and what their elders grew up with. These songs to me always felt like some kind of spiritual DNA, a way for God to remind me through the music of my ancestors and who I am and what I'm capable of. A song that we sing often was This Joy That I Have. Because my church family of origin knew that their joy was divine and God-given, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Slave spirituals helped me to see that no matter how I lived my life, no matter who hated me for being alive, my ancestors passed their God-given joy to me. A lot of Black worship songs have a double meaning. On the surface, you have the more standard worship song about God being good, holy, and all of that. But dig deeper and you can feel their subversive messages that racism couldn't touch. And if you're paying attention to those songs, if you weren't paying attention to those songs, you'd miss the unveiling, the revelation of God's promises told through music. The whole book of Revelations is about making the truth known, and the verses read today are about the truth being made known through worship, as well as worship being the connection of truths made long ago. Just to reread some key parts from chapter 7, verses 13 through 17. Then one of the elders asked me, those in white robes, who are they and where do they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have came out of great tribulation. 
They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And you go a little further in the chapter, you can start to see the, God promi the promises that God made to those people in white robes, the worshipers. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not be down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. It said God will wipe every tear from their eyes. How beautiful is that? God isn't some ambivalent stoic being in the sky who doesn't care about our emotions. Because these verses show us that God pays attention and that those worshipers are finding rest through God after all the tribulations they've been through. My absolute favorite part of this passage is the sir, you know line. There's so much shade. The very first time I read this, I was kind of confused because I wondered why this guy was asking John a question if he already knew the answer instead of just saying what he had to say. But then I thought, how many times have I done the same thing? How many times have I asked someone what I already knew? But I think about the times that I did do that and it was normally because I wanted to ask somebody if, I wanted to ask somebody to confirm if what I thought I knew was true, to confirm it wasn't just my own wishful thinking. I wonder if that guy was consumed with his own self-doubt or he had experienced so many tribulations himself that he forgot all the good that God had promised all the time God's promises were in his own life, or he just wasn't sure what the truth meant anymore. But sometimes it takes someone else to remind you who you are. Sometimes it takes someone else to remind you who God is and what she can do. Sometimes it takes something to remind you what God has done for you. Maybe the person in the passage had been disconnected from worship or had gotten so used to ignoring his own body that John had to remind him of these things. But he was reminded and he did know and was able to tell John about God protecting the oppressed and remember their cries. That nameless man knew those worshipers had experienced all kinds of injustices to get to where they were and that they had all the reasons to cry. But we know that God works in all kinds of ways to remind us of her power. And sometimes we forget. And that's one of the reasons why we worship, to remember who we are and who God is. And we, when we don't remember, our bodies do. And our bodies remember sometimes the best through music. Sometimes music gives us the push we need to stay connected with our bodies in order to know God better. When I was prepping for this sermon, I had my gospel music going for inspiration to, to keep me awake. After one of the songs finished playing, I realized the headache I had had lessened, but I didn't even realize that I had a headache. And then I realized how much stress I had been holding in my body and how so often I ignore my pain to the point where I don't, I don't even recognize when I am in pain. 
but music can ease that. Listening to that song and feeling my pain go away remembered, reminded me that our bodies know what our brains don't. How sometimes it takes just the right song for God to remind us of her healing powers, of her promises for joy, of her ability to comfort us on our hardest days. Worship helps us to remember not just who we are, but who God is for us. When I first came to New City, people were all vapor, vapor, vapor. That song by Gunger is the best. <laughs> and as I watched people sing it and their voices swell and their bodies move, it seemed to be that that song was more special than some of the other songs. It was always super beautiful to see how that worship song lived in people's bodies and how seeing how often people requested it made it all the clear to me that this song reminded people who God is to them in really personal ways. It's pretty common to feel emotional when listening to a song, but I feel like a good worship song goes beyond just recognizing your feelings but can heal them and hear them. My ancestors knew that. And I'm reminded every time I sing those spirituals, every time I hear someone else sing them, that these songs are generations old, centuries old, designed to remind me of God's power through my cultural heritage. Worship music is God's way to remind us that she is with us on every level, body, mind, spirit. Black spirituals remind me that God knows what my people have been through. My ancestors knew that one of the evils of racism is that it disconnects you from your body. My black siblings, I know that we can get so used to being beat down that we forget who we are, forget that we came out of it, forget that we are a part of God's plan. And even though we inherited pain, we inherited God's promises. Fam, when you start to feel that disconnect, you sing even louder for protection. Sing so that they can never make us forget who we are. Amen.